Friday Afternoon Deploy is a historical fiction podcast set before Log4j ate your Elasticsearch cluster. Blinking. We got the blinky. We got the blink. Actually, I didn't get a level off you, Alan. Can I? Can I get one? Absolutely. Here's my levels. I say things. Thank you, I Alan. will sing every word that I say. <laughs> Such a melodic sound check. That's beautiful, Mr. Fraley. What about you? Hungry not to. Muscle memory. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Robust, Christopher. Can I? Our most largest, Christopher. These are my levels. <laughs> It's Excellent. all fun and games until Hobbes found out he was the most diminutive Christopher. I, I called it uh, our most, our modest, modestly our modest, sized our Chris. Most modestly uh, sized and Chris. he bulked. He didn't seem I to love, hate it, but you know that's. I, a, him, I left him doing the terraform scripts. Nice. Just now it's like, and yeah, I gotta go cast a pod. Yeah, cast the pod. Yeah, he's fine. But that was a big Lebowski reference. Yes, it's when they go to pick up Donnie's ashes at the funeral home. <laughs> yes the urn joke and he's just like holy shit it's like five hundred dollars for an urn he's like it's our most modestly priced receptacle oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man guys we don't have a topic today oh i ha- we almost had one i'm gonna seed a future topic because what did what did tyrell call it high-tech redneck high-tech redneck high-tech redneck this is in the vein of alan if you remember a couple years ago when Tyrell was um, writing docs and confluence from a deer stand. <laughs> I do. I'd forgotten about that. And, yeah. we, and we made an episode about that. It's something in that vein. He said something about like his dogs have a GPS his, collar. That his he hunting can... dogs have a GPS collar with an app that he can track from his, his watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His Apple Watch. His Apple got... Watch. Tyrell joins the right. Apple Watch community. So I found this to be... We're not going to talk about it today because we got to get him on there. But we got to talk high-tech redneck. So be thinking... Alan, of your best high-tech redneck story to share with the world for a future episode. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. I know of one that failed right off the top of my head, trying to hotspot out in Winslow and finding out basically my phone that's just like three years old is now too old to do that, I guess. Well, you can't do the hotspot thing. Mm. Too much antenna competition out there. Plus, you you got to fight all the ham radio operators that are out there clogging up the airways. And it's probably three miles maybe away from the Channel 13, like the AETN public television broadcasting. They have a tower out there. Magic 107.9 has a tower out there. It's like in our area, it's the highest peak out there. So there's there's three towers out there. Ham radio operators listening to the show today going, we're not clogging up the airways. Why don't we take a test? It's licensed spectrum. And when we stay within our parameters, fuck you. Well, how else are they going to find out the price of nails by the pound, Casey? (laughs) They need that information. Oh, is Dial-A-Trade going over ham radio now? (laughs) What the the hell else? I'll trade for a chainsaw. (laughs) What the hell else are they going to do with that? That sounds like a fun project, actually, is some sort of like... Amazon Polly voice relay to ham radio, just reading Craigslist ads oh, yeah. out into the air. Oh, yeah. Just like, if you are looking for two ricks of firewood delivered to your home anywhere in Fayetteville. And we accept payment by some convoluted phone system we use yes. where we can we process the payment for them and we're just skimming the money. Oh, off that's the top. a good idea. It's like a credit card yes. skimmer, but it's done like uh, with audio. Yeah. We yeah. just read a different phone number out. <laughs> yes. Call it's Casey perfect. at yes, exactly. Lofty. <laughs> and if you don't pay the premium, you just get like the Hans voice or something off of. Yeah, off I love of it. Yeah, you just get one of the eight canned voices off of Amazon, yeah. the free voice, or like one yeah. of the old Mac ones. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Simon, I think was the Mac one that you would recognize it if I played it. Yep. You know? uh, mm-hmm. It was like the Stephen Hawking voice, basically. Yes. So we could do that. Those that's a, early that's a project, yeah, there, man. that's a lab day. Those early computer to voice systems were amazing. I don't know. I don't know how when that hit in your guys's life. 
But mine, the first time those kind of came into fruition, I was probably like 11 the mm-hmm. first time I got my hands on one. Mm-hmm. And so there was just a lot of me running pre-boot scripts on every computer in the computer lab to just, just to yell make them all poop. Butts. Just to yeah, yell poop, yeah. butt, butts, farts. Butts. <laughs> Computers and then, say butts. You know, and then whatever poor <laughs> middle-aged woman they made be the computer teacher having no fucking clue what was going on. <laughs> I did the same thing, oh, yeah. but I was a senior in high school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It, it, the thing is, like, it happened to us all at different points. Whenever our access to technology, as it relates to our age, like, whenever that hit, but like, everyone has that experience. Yep, it was on the classic macOS. It was an add-on you could install, and this was like, I mean, I guess we had dial-up. I guess mm-hmm. like, yeah. like at school, we might have had like a T1 or a T3. Yep. You guys remember when T1 and T3 was like the pinnacle of internet access? Yes. Have you gone back and looked yeah. at what the Strong. size of a, a T1 pipe was like fucking 10 megabit? It's insane. It's not that much. You know, our phones are like 10xing that now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're mm. fucking running this podcast right now. We're still on a 4G modem over here, and it's way faster than a T1 yeah. line. But I remember us like being nerdy kids at home. Just like every kid would sit around with their friends and be like, oh man, wouldn't it be cool yeah. if, and like some, but like yep. for nerdy kids like us, it's like one day I'm going to have a T1. I'm going right to take run. the T1 out of the school. I'm going to like, yeah, it's going to run straight into my bedroom. Yeah. I'm going to play fucking Diablo 2 with oh, no man. lag. No lag at all. You know, download whole albums in an <laughs> afternoon. Oh my it's God, right. yeah. We'd be able to listen to them before we went to bed. I'm going to be Napster. <laughs> <laughs> there won't even be a Napster. I'm looking up the T1 line speed because it will shock you. It was 1.5 megabit. Oh, my god! 1.5. Oh. Yeah. That's now, insane. I think a T3 was more than that. But at some point, a T1 line, I think we had dual bonded T1s. Yeah. And that powered our entire fucking school district. Yep. And I'm talking about a rural Arkansas school district, which looks like a college campus, where... K through 12 is all just in one spot. They were all running off the same thing. T3 was 44 megabit. Okay. Still slower yeah. than the fucking T-Mobile yeah. 4G hotspot that I'm running on right now. It's crazy. It's it, wild. It's kind of mind-blowing, especially even now take the time to think about, like, I can stream 4K, right, to my TV. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like 10 years ago. Then, and like, we were what? That's impossible. We were talking about it this morning, all these companies jockeying for 5G when they're going to get put out of business by Starlink and Dish, yep. who are just going to beam exponentially greater speeds to the entire surface of the earth. Mm-hmm. Until they want to take it away. I don't know what they're going to do. They're gonna The price will go up, probably. The, the uh, thing once is, it reaches ubiquity, temptation of the capitalist hobgoblin will take over. I, You know, I think that's right. I think that's the Dish path. But then I think there's companies like SpaceX with starlink like, where we don't give a shit about taking your money just get us to mars musk musk is building out the network for all his connected devices right, right. and so like he had to do this anyway for tesla mm-hmm. so like he had to do this for tesla so he's just going to get us all to pay 40 or 50 bucks a month which is completely irrelevant to him mm-hmm. while at the same time getting proof of concept on his satellites and his rockets so he can go get multi-billion dollar nasa contracts if he needs to test out one of his drills from the boring company <laughs> We can volunteer for that. I've too. got some excavation work at the house. I could yeah, get him, you know, in. yeah, get him out there and they there's, could unit test that. There's going to be somebody that's like, nah, man, we've got bigger fish to fry. You guys can have a few hundred meg of this or a gig of this, but this is for XYZ. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to put them all out of business. Have you guys been following the fancy new space telescope? Yes. Uh, is it yeah. James Webb? Is James, that the name of it? James Webb. That sounds James right. Webb. James Webb Space Telescope. Yep. Which has been out there for a while, but the journey's interesting. It is. I, I was just thinking about it from a technology standpoint, and specifically, Alan, this will resonate with you, what the test suite has to look like for something like this. Yes. For something I, you're going to launch this. I was this. thinking the same thing when I saw them launching that. And, and the idea that, like, I mean, they launched that, and it's hands-off. Like, yeah. It, yeah. That that gives me anxiety enough, like doing yeah. deployment, it's like, like sometimes even just to a Kubernetes stack, and these guys are literally launching billions of dollars into space. Yeah, and then and, and they did not. And leave. Then can you There's imagine not going a... to having that? Like, oh no, I forgot. Oh, I Shit. forgot to put my public key on there. Shit. We can't talk to it anymore. I think I left <laughs> one of the environments gone. at the staging. And there's not a USB oh, port on the side of that thing. They're going to fire a fucking flash drive out of a cannon. It's like, <laughs> if we shoot it, 
9.37 arc seconds that way. In yep. about 40 years, it yep. should dock straight <laughs> into that USB-C. We're like, God, why did we use USB-C? It's so much smaller. Like, <laughs> we should have gone with one of those printer cables. Firewire. Yeah. Or an old SCSI port. Oh, those yeah. were big. It's like the size of a candy bar, yep. you know? It's wild. And, like, the amount of stuff that has to unfoil to yes. unfoil this big solar array that's folded up. It's There's hundreds, if not maybe nearly four digits of articulating parts that have to fold out one step at a time, and you're hoping that, like, a little bit of, you know, they launch that thing out of the atmosphere, it pulled 10 Gs and rattled the fuck out of it, and you're just hoping that no screws came loose or... Yeah, the supplier that somebody's congressman's daughter started the company for, mm -hmm. that their screws that they've never made before hold together this yep. one time yep, ever. Yep, 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 no, never mind. Almost went into politics, and mm -hmm. pulling back on the yoke a little bit. It's fair, and it's fair. yeah, we almost cratered. That's good. We've reached apogee. Yep. Yeah, it's cool, though. I was watching, and I forget how long the lifetime of mission is, but we're launching that bad boy out there. It's gonna outlive like us. Voyager, we're sending it yeah. deep and you don't get to fix it they did it but see they've been doing it right for a long time yeah it takes like nine years and billions of dollars of manpower to plan these things and every, every time somebody's like government can't do anything i'm like okay cool you don't get to drive on roads anymore mm -hmm. also you realize that like a hundred years ago they threw a baseball and hit the moon like do you realize that they did that <laughs> and they kept everyone alive and got them home like 60 years ago, they did that, guys. It's amazing. I, this is going to go way back in time, but I don't know if anybody or your spouses watched the Outlander show. I'm familiar yes. with the work okay. of Outlander. I, I actually enjoyed the first season. Second yes. season's okay. And now me and my wife both begrudgingly watch it. We hate it, but we're locked in. Yes, you, you got to find out. Paige rediscovered out. it. We watched season one and two a while ago, but she has been watching season three, like binging it since it got cold to something like Lighting the Fire yeah. and just watching his softcore history porn yes. is basically yeah. what it is, yes. right? And uh, if you, I can't remember which season it is. Warning. This show's been like, out for a while. Uncomfortable scenes I'd never seen. Are you talking yeah. about the very graphic sex scene? Which one? Well, I'm talking, <laughs> okay, without we're, giving we're, too much away, perhaps, there's one that involves perhaps someone a is, hammer and a nail yes. in somebody's hand. Yes, perhaps someone being nailed to a piece of furniture. Yes. Possibly, yes. Yes, that's in season one. That's early in the show. Oh, guys, oh, okay. guys, yeah. guys this is this is bad. It's brutal. That's uh, bad. It's brutal. That, that's worse than Ozark. Um, if you <laughs> haven't seen Ozark, there is one. I've only seen the first season. Of there Ozark. is one in Ozark. There is a very uncomfortable, like, ooh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but nailing someone's hand down, it's it's worse. It's that, not the only nailing worse. that happens in that uh, scene, unfortunately. Hey I'm sorry. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't write the show, okay? And it's very popular. It's not it's, like I'm yeah. bringing up some like yeah. really obscure no, 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 thing good. that I found on Pornhub here. Yes. This is like yeah, this, this is a TV show. We're okay? not talking section drill down categories. Yes, uh, but I never read the book, so that's even that's probably even in the book. We know? we, so we wondered about wrote that in the book, and then somebody wrote it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We wondered about how that stacks up against the books as well, but. Paige enjoys the show. We had a moment this morning. She keeps telling me, if you watch the show, it's like Claire and Jamie, the main characters. And by the way, this I'm pretty sure this show like ended its run like eight years ago. And yeah. I was like, what the fuck are these people talking about this no, for? This is but high quality it content. It just happens to be on my this mind. This is high okay? quality content. But oh, she it's was, still going. It's, it's, it's still, still going. going? Okay, good. Oh, okay, okay, good. All right, so there it's, we are. It's somewhat contemporary. Yeah. But uh, Claire and Jamie are just constantly in shit. They lose each other <laughs> every episode. They get separated, and there's always some dramatic explosion thing, and that dude is carrying her everywhere. And Paige has mentioned to me multiple times the last couple of weeks, she was like, you need to like be able to just pick me up and carry me if there's an emergency. And I was like, are Ooh. you insinuating that I can't just pick Ooh. you up and carry you? You know? that, that She's feels... been on this for a while. I, I got to feel like that's dangerous territory. I was like separately talking about it's the new year and stuff like yeah, that. So I we're know, setting like fitness yeah, goals absolutely. and stuff like that. And Aren't I'm thinking about getting uh, back into lifting a is, bit. Is the first thing on your goals list pick up Paige? Well, that's what she thinks. <laughs> but I had enough I had enough of that shit this morning because uh -huh. I, ma I made some comment to her. I was like, you just wish sure. I were some redheaded, top-knotted, yeah. Scottish hunky dude Caper tosser. you know exactly and she was like no 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 and i was like well you do wish i picked your ass up and carried you everywhere and she's like that's true and i was like move out the way henry i have to show mom something yeah i kicked his ass out the way yeah and i picked her up and i went and threw her on the couch and said i gotta go to work 
<laughs> we'll deal with this later. Yeah, and now my back hurts. <laughs> That's not her fault. That's did you mine. go? Did you go sack of potatoes or uh, I, leg out? under the oh, leg? Okay. I mean, it was like just straight okay. up. I even told her I was like, once you imagine it's in slow motion and there's a raging fire behind us, because okay. that's how yeah, it is. You absolutely, know? it's, it's like, gotta ah. be. You know, with like a shirts off, and I've got my kilt on. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 yeah the the strings are coming in yep. in the soundtrack. Crescendo. It's a crescendo, yep. exactly. Crescendo. Right? Yeah, swelling uh, to the the bridge before uh, the a, third verse. A swell of the violins yep. as they carry this way, and so like you know, I proved my point. I was confronted. You're a Jacobite. Uh huh. I'm full on Jacobite. That's right. <laughs> I was confronted with a similar ultimatum after a decision after the happy hour, the the Thursday night work happy hour. And I was with my person, and we were probably a, f- a few glasses of champagne in, and we were like, we're going to get Brahms on the way home. So nice. we stopped to get Brahms, and we stood up, and she was like, you can't pick me up. <laughs> and it's like 11 p.m. in Brahms. And I was like, yeah, I definitely can. And she's like, do it right now. Well, I picked her up, and we fell backwards onto the table. <laughs> So she got hers. Um, also, like we were not children either. Like we were adults. We were full grown adults falling on top of each other at a Brahms on a Thursday night at 11 p.m. It's pretty good. Uh, it it and was also, incredible. If you're going to drink that heavily, practicing picking one another up and it's, carrying them is actually very practical for your life experience. It's important. I brought this up, not specifically for that reason, but it was on my mind, but to go back to us throwing baseballs at the moon not that yes, long ago. Yes, yes, yes. The pretense of that show, there's multiple timelines, okay? And they run in parallel. Mm-hmm. And so the main character, she goes back in time. This is like first episode, so I'm not ruining yeah. anything here. Goes back in time to like 200 years in the past. But there's also like her present continues too. She's able to go back and forth. Mm-hmm. So she leaves the past. She can come back to the present. And the same amount of time has passed in both worlds. And so she's able to come and go as she pleases. There's a point in that show. It opens up and it's in World War II, right? It's, it's set in World War II, gotcha. United Kingdom. And there's a portion of that show where the modern day timeline progresses all the way to the moon landing. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, it had never been in my mind, right? That that put a lot of perspective on how long ago we sent something at the moon. Oh my God! Is yeah. that people that went to war? Yes, were not much older than I am right now, and were fought in World War II, and also and watched then, people land on the moon. Yes, 100%. and it was twenty years later. It was twenty yeah. years later, and I I just hadn't really ever. I mean, you could have told me it was twenty years later, and I've been like, well, I mean, yeah, I can do math. But like when I saw it play out in the form of someone's timeline of like this person that was a young person now has teenage kids and is watching someone land on the moon, but they also like lived through a bombing run yes. in Germany. Yeah. It's like, oh shit, that's that's how long ago that was. I don't know. Put it in perspective for me. It, it's the- that's great perspective. Yeah. It, can you imagine how much with basically they thought the world was going to end and they literally had to go stop that yep. with combat. Yeah. Like now we're, now we, we may live on the moon now. They must've felt like they were in the future. Right. We had a very similar vein of this conversation the other day. So my grandfather passed away. My dad's dad passed away a few years ago and he was kind of the first person in either side of the family to make it out. Right. So he grew up in a house without electricity or running water and then ended up, with multiple advanced degrees as an engineer for DuPont. Okay, that's what happened in the course of his life. Mm-hmm. Was a farm kid in rural West Texas. Didn't even know anybody who had electricity. And then by the end of his life, is flying on Concorde jets as a DuPont executive. And like that arc of his life. And I remember I had just kind of started my professional career before he passed away and sitting down trying to explain to him that I was a technology consultant like exploded his brain Mm -hmm. and it was like thinking about how foreign that idea is to like the entirety of human history where you just did what your dad did and if that was like breaking up rocks or Mm -hmm. breeding horses or even like something crazy like growing wheat it was in your fucking name yes hi i'm i'm mr that's right i'm mr i'm I'm mr thatcher i get to build roofs now and literally every person who's ever lived in your family either was a mom Mm -hmm. or did the exact same thing his dad did they didn't even know anyone who didn't do that like every single person they knew had only ever done that thing and only ever even knew about people who did those things yeah and then in the course of our lifetimes 
from our generational reach, both directions, from our grandparents to now, the course of human history has changed entirely. The fragmented. I mean, like, people diverged from it, but they immediately became black sheep to the family. Yeah. And there was no Facebook for them to like post selfies exactly. and going like, fuck you, I made yeah. it out, right? Yeah, exactly. And so you didn't know. It's just like, ah, yeah, your cousin decided he wasn't going to be a Thatcher. He went he to went the over, city. He went over that mountain over yeah. there, and nobody's ever fucking seen him He's again. He's dead now. You know? <laughs> you ain't seen your Uncle Bill in 20 years. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And like my, you know, my grandpa, this incredibly accomplished man, can't even like comprehend what I did for my job. And it's like right. all yep. of this has changed so drastically, so much, so quickly that it's just completely incomprehensible. I, I remember when I took my first remote job, my dad oh, yeah. my dad trying to like process that. Yeah. He could not. No. He could not process it. It was as if I went to him and said, like, I am a multi-level marketer now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He was just like, look, I don't know what kind of fucking gimmick they got you <laughs> rolled up in over there. Hey, man, do you need help? He was like, just make sure they pay you. Yeah. And I was like, no, I mean, it's, yeah, of yeah, course check, I make sure. The you, check clears. Make sure you get paid, too. That's how jobs work. You yeah. know? I'm just saying. Make sure the money actually comes to pay. So, yeah, it's direct deposit. It just shows up in my bank. These aren't like greenbacks from the Confederate yeah. States of America. He was like, just like, you <laughs> so they give me you real money. You don't know who these internet people are. It was like, no, it's like there's like 1,500 people that work at this company. They're yeah. in Virginia. He could not process it. And now we have people that like, if we brought him into an interview and said like, you know, we have an office as an office job. They're like, what the fuck do you mean I have to come like into a, an office? Act of terrorism. Backward ass shit is this, you know? Yeah, and it's it's, so it's only been like eight <laughs> years, yeah, you know, exactly. between those two things. Yes. It's been like eight years. It's wild, <laughs> man. It, yeah, shit changes rapidly, it's crazy. obviously. This is why I like watching historical fiction and mm-hmm. always have is because you get to illustrate that. And people do a good job of exploring the human side of history. Which is, I hated history as a subject when I was a kid until I had the first history teacher. Who wasn't a football coach? Yeah. And like actually could give you some insight into the people who were behind it. It's amazing. It. You know, it's like the first person that told you that Winston Churchill was a fucking drunk. Yes. And you're like, oh. That's he fun. Was a, he was a real dude and he was fucked up just like Tell me. Tell me more. And like, yeah, he saved yeah. the whole free world, but he was absolutely an alcoholic. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. I, I too didn't do well with history because like so much of it's just remembering dates. And then right. here's what shatters the mold. My best history teacher was a football coach, but he liked history so much. He stopped coaching and started teaching. Oh, that's full-time. awesome. That's good. That's but, awesome. But also that was back when History Channel actually showed documentaries yeah, yeah. about Real history, history and not ice road truckers yeah. and stuff like ice that. Ice road truckers and storage so, wars, baby. Yep. So he had, yeah, he had VHS tapes of all these different subjects. And so we would take tests and then leading up to the test on Friday, we just watched History Channel all week, like about World War II, and then we'd take a test on it like that. And I remember he was the one that like, even I remember him like showing us the Frazier and Ollie fight and like even breaking that down in rope-a-dope. And he would just explain the stuff uh, from his point of view. So that's one of the fun things about that goofy-ass show is like, because for me being a history <laughs> dimwit from the colonies over here. No, I know very, very little about... British main continental yeah, history. Yeah, 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 UK history, European history more so yeah. than specifically what went on in Ireland, Scotland, and England. And like, I didn't know what a Jacobite was until that show. Exactly, and so there's actually a lot of fun to that. I know a lot of people, but a few people that like put a kilt in their closet because they went to Ancestry.com yeah, once exactly. and said like, oh yeah, that's... And maybe they've done some research. I don't have any of that in my lineage that I know of, so it had never entertained me to go find that out but this is pretty fascinating history it's it's, it's really neat some brutal shit oh too. god some and real shit was real you watch that show with Paige. Paige is such like a pacifist about yeah. like everything you know and she's just like i can't believe you did that and i was like this fuck we fucking go hard in humanity <laughs> yeah. like this is how this shit was yeah. man there's a very thin line separating us from that today and you know the it's thinnest right, veneer of right. modernity yeah. is the only thing between us and just hacking it's each other just, to bits. It's just the fact that two thirds of us have a four one k. That's the only thing that's yes. just like, well, I got something to live for yep. later. Is the only uh, thing stopping us. Don't have to burn down that village yeah. because my kids will be okay. Just stopping us from just like just yes, yeah, disemboweling people for insulting my integrity. It's crazy. I've been I've been watching eighteen eighty three. It's on uh, Paramount Plus. Yeah, so, yeah, so, real cool. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised, like, because 
It's got Tim McGraw and Faith Hill both in it. So first, I'm all like, "What is is well, this like it, some all, CMT crap?" It also it's Na- Nashville. It also TV has show. Sam Elliott and Sam Elliott's mustache. I love Sam yes. Elliott's mustache. Sam Elliott got me to watching it, and Sam, it even Sam. has Billy Bob Thornton in it for yep. like one one episode. That's all. He's like a a stone cold gunslinger. Uh, so it, it's got some really big names in it. It's actually really good, but kind of in that same vein, right? It's historical fiction, mm-hmm. 1883. Um, we've just finished the civil war and like it's about wagon trains going basically oregon trail you know and all that type of stuff same kind of stuff they faced real real hard stuff i i think i face hard things today when i'm like oh man i gotta i gotta update my mac like oh that's inconvenient like someone scheduled a meeting before 10 a.m yeah what am i gonna do (laughs) i have to leave i have to close zoom to give it permission to share my screen (laughs) Yeah. yeah. This is going to yeah. be so oh, fucking embarrassing. My microphone again. Oh, it's all terrible. I just want to crawl inside my own asshole and die. Because <laughs> this is so embarrassing. How many times right have you realized you have to restart your computer and been honestly infuriated? <laughs> because, like, once a week, I'm like, fuck, I got to restart. I'm like, God damn it. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Well, why does it have to happen now? <laughs> Just do it in like two weeks. It'll be fine. <laughs> hey, Alan, have you seen the thing on Docker for Mac now? You can skip updates. It's a paid feature. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck is that? Like, I know. I, I don't even understand. It's, it's, it's to prey on that. That's, yes, exactly. That's what it's for. That's why I bring it up. Right? It's that mentality of like, I don't want to do an update right now. So if I pay five bucks a month, yep. I don't have to. But like, that's where we're at now is just pay to not be secure. Yes. We're just going to pay to not like, be secure. Operating systems are just ransomware these yeah. days. It's, 100%. That's what it is. It's fucking ransomware. That's what it is. I blew my mind. I, I'm just glad operating systems haven't taken on the like free software with loot boxes model yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know? That's good. That's you good. Get the, you get the bare bone OS, but like if you want, you know, if you want the dock at yeah. the bottom of the screen, you can fucking grind it out yeah, for like can, six years. You can play, or you can just pay six bucks. You can play Minesweeper for seventy five <laughs> hours straight while yeah. you watch in game ads. Yeah, or yeah. That's the thing. It's like you want to save that word, Doc. Yes. Oh, yeah. you got to play some solitaire. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Watch these ads. You just have to watch this ad. Yeah, you got to watch thing. this you ad. Watch this ad. You can pay for the no ads version of it, but we'll st- there's still also points where like, even though you're paying for no ads, we will make this video render faster if you watch an ad. It's uh-huh. like you don't have ads in the day to day, but you can still two x the output of your CPU in this moment that you need the most if you just go ahead and still watch an ad. I- yeah, that's happening. We just spoke that into existence. God damn it. You know that's happening. But on hardware news, I can confirm that the new M1 Max with 64 gigs of RAM and 2 terabyte hard drive can open 300 tabs in Firefox without crashing. <laughs> wow. I've seen your computer. Ask me how I know. <laughs> this dude has so many tabs. Do you remember Chad's, I, I, do you remember Chad's tabs, Alan? <laughs> Chad's tabs. Uh, yeah. You see Chad's tabs? Chad's tabs I, sounds I thought, like I a, a 90s MTV show. Chad's tabs. That's the thing is like when you hear me saying that like we knew a Chad that had a tab problem, <laughs> you think that he fucking ran out on every bar in town. But that's yes. not actually what it was. No, no it's, it was his Chrome. No, Tad, yeah, he was a software engineer uh-huh. uh, uh, communist, and those tabs were for everybody. Yeah. Those yeah, tabs were for yeah. everybody. All, all people's all tabs. Yeah, I love Chad. I'm sorry, Chad. I'm sorry, Chad. I'm not trying to insult Chad. One. But I, uh, yeah, he had a shitload of tabs. Every time I saw his computer, you couldn't even see. There would be like, there's so many tabs. You'd have like one vertical row of so pixels. Good. So good. Of the fave icon. Yes. You know? So it'd be like a that's one. It. It'd be a one by sixteen yes. sliver, and be like, I think, I think that's a Gmail. Yeah, that kind of looks like the first column of the Gmail. And if you icon. click one single <laughs> pixel over, you accidentally close it. Yeah. <laughs> if you aren't on it, you're like, fuck. What was that? So I gotta know, find you out. Know I gotta find so out. Well. <laughs> Oh, my computer's so slow. I yes. remember one time. I'm like, well, I mean, you know, maybe you could close some of those tabs. Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, no. Each one of those yeah. bastards uses a gig of RAM. I know. You know? I, I've got it pretty good where I save everything to Notion and then come back to it at the end of the day. But I, I group tabs by thing I'm thinking about. And then on the weekend, I go through and process everything. But that means sometimes it gets ridiculous. Yep. But what had happened to me is I had a dreaded force restart on the new computer for some install i had to do Mm. and i didn't open firefox and restore tabs 
So then the next time I opened it, there was nothing to restore from. It was like they burned down the yes. library of Alexandria. They, 100%. <laughs> and I was like, there's like six One, YouTube videos in there I haven't watched yet. I get this back. One tab. If you haven't used one tab, though, that that can save you. Does that sync your tabs to the cloud working. so that you can bring your maps? I've, I've made the system level changes to allow this to never happen again. <laughs> but before that, I had to go into Firefox and do right click open every tab from the last seven days and then go back through and close everything. And I atoned for my sins. Oh, man. And that won't be happening again. I'm a bit of a tab. I don't want to say OCD because it's, that, it's that's okay a real to thing. Admit. It's okay to admit who we are. My point is that Yes. I am I I kind of overdo it. I'm like when it comes to tabs, I'm like that person that's like a clean freak mm-hmm. that like you you everybody that like falls takes, into one of like two takes camps. your cup away when it yes. hits the table. It's still two thirds full, but you turn your head for one second and then it's in the dishwasher. Yes, that's me with tabs, and it happens to me a bunch that I'm like, oh fuck, I just closed that tab and I hadn't even I wasn't done with that, you know, yeah. all day. I don't know if it's because I. Used a MacBook Air for too long or something. <laughs> it got you with PTSD. You know, well, I remember. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like people that like went through like wartime scarcity oh, yeah, in World absolutely. War II. You know, it's just like so I can't gotta, can't throw out this this crumb of a sandwich. We got to ration like, these tabs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we might run out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the other side of that. I've used uh, crappy old HPs for so long that I could only open one tab at one time. That now here's my pattern. I go through. I'm looking up a software problem, any problem. Yeah. And I, I find an article. I'm I'm like, cool, open that in the new tab. I'll read that in five minutes. What else you got? Yep, yeah, open that in the yep. new tab, new tab, new tab, new tab. Just like 15 new tabs right away. Walking through the internet with a shopping basket. Yes. Just like, yep, I'll have some of that, yep. have some of that. Uh, well, I, I'm, that. Doing, <laughs> I'm doing the same thing with like trends and knowledge accumulation. And so it's like, oh, hey, I'm going to write something about... Yes, you see he, that saved recovery? It. he saved I it. Spilled nothing. He saved it, guys. Oh, Knocked an iPad into a soda into my lap and a microphone. Uh, iPad, smart keyboard cover, and Diet Coke all on a in-flight tray from Spirit Airlines <laughs> in <laughs> in the it, commodity section. <laughs> Chris, this rotates. It rotates. This is not Spirit Airlines. Okay? <laughs> this is. It rotates right all out right of my then. way. All right. This is uptown. All We're talking right. U.S. Airways. U.S. Airways. Some high-end first-class shit right here. Oh no, sir! This tray rotates. Uh, you have not seen. I don't think Alan. Have you been in the new podcast studio since we got these fancy chairs from a warehouse in Bumfuck, Arkansas? <laughs> oh my God! Chris oh me. my God! Oh, you have because you came up for the holiday party. You didn't podcast with us, but you've seen these, yeah? Oh, I, yeah, I see them. I haven't got to, you know, fly in one. Oh, yet. It's, oh. it's look at the leg room. I, I, the leg I mean, room I am almost prostrate here on the <laughs> ground. <laughs> Yes, and it's like I, if we were both the same height, we'd be playing footsie. Right yeah, here, we but, could intertwine our legs. But yeah, the trays are nice. Yeah, tra- trays tra- full anyway, rotation. I'm full sorry. I I dropped everything that I owned in my lap just now and <laughs> di- didn't spill any of it. But I totally just <laughs> fucking clobbered whatever you were about to say. It's because you're wearing the. It's because you're wearing the future of pants I, over there. I have my. <laughs> these are the pants that Elon Musk is going to wear on Mars. <laughs> these are Mars pants, my man. <laughs> With, made like with bits that. of real Mars. <laughs> it's got 5G antennas. <laughs> 5G in the, antennas? Yeah. Well, not antennas, but they're just lined with metal. Just it's woven Whatever in. the opposite of a Faraday cage is. I'm a human antenna. Um, I love it. Well, that's I how we're going to have to do it. We're going to have to mesh network off the James Webb Space Telescope. Yes. With our, our pants. pants. <laughs> yeah. With our pants. I dig it. Visions of the future. That's right. We're futurists here. here at Lopi. Heard here first. Yep. Right. Do you remember what you were saying? Oh, God. No, I, I have no idea. I absolutely obliterated I'm sh- I'm sure it was as relevant as every other thing I've said. My apologies. And then that's how you just pour water on a fire right there. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, how you do it. Yeah. I didn't spill any soda on my pants, but I sure did spill it on the conversation it's, here. It doesn't matter. We build software sometimes here at Lofty. We've been known to dabble. We even talk about it a time or two. We've been, yeah, we do less of that, at least on this show. <laughs> What's new? What are we doing new now? We're doing uh, some new let's stuff. Let's see. So, so one of the things that we were doing today, actually, Hobbs and I working on a like paired programming environment, right? So that kind of yeah, one that's of really the cool. Talk about that. It's going fully remote or even partially remote, right? Mm-hmm. Is is how do you still get paired programming in there? Because you know, there's a lot of solutions out there, but nothing is still as good as like looking over somebody's shoulder and just going like, I don't know, when I do this, it does that. That's weird, you know? 
Have, um, have so, you yeah, tried? So, have you tried so, putting a television on a milk crate? Because that's how we're solving the hybrid uh, podcast problem right now. I like uh, it. You can't like see it. on your camera, but there's just a there's just a TV laying on the floor. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the floor microwave at two offices ago. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy to report that the microwave has at least three of its feet on a solid surface yeah, right now. Yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It's cantilevered like an Art Deco piece. Well, you know, we are in a modern architect's former studio. <laughs> Don't mess up the Formica, Casey, please. I'm asking you. <laughs> so pair programming instances yeah. in the cloud, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So we've played around with whatever VS Code's feature is, but one of the things that especially Hobbs and I didn't really like is... It's kind of hard to track where the other person is. So like VS Code will totally, you can let another person in. They're in there, they're right, they're editing code on your hard drive. Mm -hmm. But like if I jump to another file, the other person can't see that. So it's a whole like, wait, what what file are you in? What what line are you on? What are you talking about? And that is not um, good for component-based architectures where you have to edit forty thousand files to see a feature end to end, right? Right, right. If you're working on front-end code. And the other kind of the other downer on it is I can't just go to localhost and see it in my browser, whatever we're working on. So I could change a line and I got to wait for you, you know, if it's running on your machine to execute it. Did that work? You know, so a lot of us use Vim. And so one of the solutions that we've come up with for us Vim users is just an EC2 box with some Tmux. Oh, yeah. Um, Actually run Biobo on top of it. I didn't know that existed until uh, a week or so ago. I'm it's not, a, not familiar with that it's one. It's just a wrapper. It's a wrapper around Tmux. Okay. So it gives you some nice to haves. Like you can hit just shift and arrow keys to move around your panes. It gives you a nice little status bar at the bottom. So you can see how much RAM, how many cores, how much resource, how big of a load you got on your machine, all that stuff too, right it's there your, without running HTOP. Got to have your... Um, your... So, tachometer there to see if you're pegging the rev limiter on that machine you know yeah absolutely and then you can even install it into a docker container which i've been doing because i've been building celery tasks and then i can run it inside of the docker container that i'm running and see also the, be able to see yeah, like how much specifically the docker container is using that's actually pretty handy tmux mm -hmm. and there was another thing there's like tmux light which is screen that I used to use. I don't think screen would let you have people remotely attached to your screen, but then again, I think maybe you could, cause you could definitely do it over SSH. Cause I would go into a server and I usually have a couple background screens running with like my workbench kind of fired up and ready to go. If I just had to remember to pop in the screen and see what detached terminals were, but we gave on more than one occasion, Ryan Hebert came to Fayette Pie. And we were running an Apple TV was the only way to project your screen onto the projector. And he couldn't make it easy for us because he'd be the presenter that day and we'd have a room full of people. And he's just like, so I'm running, <laughs> running Arch Linux. Uh, I'm running this distro this week. I can't really airplay to this thing. And I was like, all right, let me get the HDMI cables. I like, don't have HDMI. I was Jeez. like, oh, uh, shit. And what we would end up doing is like airplaying an old Mac in the corner and pulling <laughs> up a TMUX session. And he would just sit there on his machine and we have his terminal multiplex to the Mac and sharing that on the screen. That's amazing. It actually worked incredibly well. And it was all primitive. Like you weren't sharing pixels. It wasn't like sharing display output, but mm -hmm. essentially it looked as though you were because I just had another terminal rendering the exact same ASCII text at the same time simultaneously. It was pretty right. funny. Uh, and that actually, we solved that problem multiple times with that. Yeah. So kind of the next step on top of that, because we're flexible at Lofty. We don't like to impose patterns on people unnecessarily. So, Chris so we, touches, we've got Chris stands up and touches his toes users. like once an hour. I'm very flexible. Very flexible. So flexible. Mm -hmm. And so the next step is taking like VS Code and use VS Code through an SSH tunnel to mount a remote file system. We can connect VS Code to this remote EC2 instance and... If I'm in there with them, I won't necessarily be able to see what you're editing, right. but you would still have access to it and you, you could edit it like as the, well. The and same maybe files. Maybe do a screen share or something. It's pretty so cool. That, that, pair programming is something we're ramping up this year. It's not that we didn't pair program before, but it was never 
officially yeah, the standard for how things were done. And that's like an XP thing. If you've ever done the extreme programming mm-hmm. stuff and a lot of believe, people believe in that, like literally every bit of output is pair programmed, I believe in XP, which is interesting. And we're not going quite to that extreme, but we're certainly making it a much more prominent component of how we build software and level people up here. But in a remote environment, you got to make that work because XP comes from an era that was XP was invented in the nineties and it was two nerds, one keyboard keyboards hooked into one computer though. Right. It was one screen, you know, that's for sure. Right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so that's requires tooling to do that in a virtual environment across time zones and internets. And it's one of those things that before we were a remote company, I think we did a lot of pairing. We just didn't really think about it because we didn't formalize it. But it was really common to be looking over somebody else's shoulder, someone else looking over my shoulder, me going like, hey, have you ever seen this before? So we actually did lots of like unformalized pairing. And I think in a remote situation, you do have to formalize some of that because what you don't realize is how much domain knowledge gets lost or siloed yeah. Yeah. really quickly without being in a room together, a room together, just even hearing conversations and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff so. organically percolates and expands when you're all in the same room. And also, like we were talking about this the other day, for the listeners who remember Hayden from the first year of this show, maybe year and a half, Hayden was on frequently. He would probably come sit in the room with us but he would maybe speak 10% of the time or less, right? So Hayden spoke very little. He was very stoic. But when he spoke, the wheels had been turning. You wanted to hear it. it. Yeah, it was. You wanted to hear it. It was a voice of reason in those situations. It was like when he spoke, everyone stopped and listened because it wasn't just random chatter, right? Yeah. And not like us idiots. Yeah, exactly. Where we just like, I hear silence. I must fill this void because of my ego and insecurities. Talking about me like that. But what would happen? (laughs) I feel very seen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I was only talking about myself, fellas. We talked about this the other day, Alan. Is like organically pair programming would happen when we're all in the office together because you would hear Hayden sigh and it would be a sigh that came from the desk. He would be like, (sighs) yep. And it would be a sigh from deep inside. Yep. And however much momentum he had, the further back he rolled from the desk on that pushback, the deeper in the pain he was. You would all hear it and look up and turn. And before you knew it, without anybody being like, what's the process by which we pair program and like yeah. formalizing it, you had eight people swarmed around Hayden's desk going like, Hayden's in fucking pain. And this dude doesn't let's, make noise. Let's fix it. You know, let's, let's see what it is. And then through that, you have a bunch of, again, I keep overusing the word, but organic like proliferation of knowledge. What project are you working on? Oh, how does that work? Why does the client want that? And you work through it with them and stuff like that. And you just take for granted. I I definitely took for granted how much of that happened independently. That was not like, we didn't really necessarily have to make it a part of culture for that to happen. It just happens when you're in the room together, you know? And you also get a better scale and understanding of your colleagues' strengths and weaknesses as Uh well, like in that environment. 100%. 100%. Another thing there. So that's cool to, to see us moving forward with some like different technical approaches. Cause again, like it's really exciting. We sat here talking about the Jacobites and stuff. And I, and you guys know, I lament all the time that I'm a bit of a Luddite in some categories of technology. It's a weird field for me to be in. Cause like there's so many times where I just don't want a fucking app for that problem yes. at all. Period. Don't give me that app. But. When we say things like, oh, we're going to build some tech out for pair programming, in a remote environment, you absolutely have to. Remote only exists. It's only a capability because of technology. So you do have to leverage it, harness it, put the tooling in place to make remote work. And so it's necessary. Otherwise, you just don't have that interaction. It just doesn't happen. And especially when we think about, and we've been talking about this with our current project load, our value and in consultative works values, not just in the good software we write, it's in the utility of all of our experiences in our brains Mm -hmm. and any way where we can leverage being able to bring more brain power onto a specific problem, the better our lives are as employees, the better coworkers we are. And without a doubt, the better software we produce. Yeah. I've always, Alan, how many times have you heard me say this? When we were all in an office together, and so like yep. sales conversations were had in front of everyone, sitting around the yeah. conference room table, talking to a potential client about one of the benefits of working with us versus 
a freelancer, right? This was back when we were further, we weren't aimed little, as upmarket as we are right now. A farther down the value when chain. When we were like competing yeah. with like, my cousin said he could yes. build this for two cases of Bud Light <laughs> and half of a chicken gordita crunch. And we're like, <laughs> look, here's, deal. Yeah. Yeah. here's yeah. the reason why you want to use us instead of your brother-in-law, because I would say something along the lines of, though you may be paying for the time of one full-time developer when that full-time developer gets stuck on a problem you get the entire lofty team whether that's for yep. 15 seconds 15 minutes an hour or a week like everyone is able to descend on that yep. and that's just a benefit that you get from working with an experienced team and that is still true it's true in a, a different and bigger kind of way however in order for us to actually do that, exactly. we have to have the mechanism for that to happen in exactly. a remote environment. Like we still have to be able to. And it's not just a GitHub repo where everybody's pushing their stuff separately. It's got to be more than that. Yeah, because basically I'm selling people on the notion of like the communication here is so tight that you benefit from it. Yeah, right. You, you get all of us. Thus, thus, we must foster that as part of our systems in a remote world. Absolutely. That's part. We consult with each other even, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Chris and I right now, we're workshopping marketing materials. We just went super marketing on the podcast. Sorry, everyone. Sorry, guys. I know you're not buyers. Some of you might be. And give Chris a call. Yeah, please do. Give Chris a call. His number is 479-368-0100. You don't have a phone line for you. We talked about it the other day. I think I have one. I'll get you an extension. Somewhere. I'll get you an extension. Uh, It all just rings into a virtual line anyway Mm -hmm. it just rings on the zoom (laughs) app on your phone yeah it's fine we bought deep into the zoom just just email me anyway guys come on just email chris come on his email is (laughs) (laughs) it's casey (laughs) my email is casey and (laughs) c-a-s-e-y plus spam (laughs) s-p-a-m casey plus spam i i remember when i discovered that you could do the plus on Google emails, right? Yep. It, it resol- anything after that, it's just for your own organizational purposes. It all resolves to everything before the plus. Yep. And uh, I mentioned that to my friend Tosh, and he was like, oh, yeah, that's one of my favorite things in the world to do is, like, go to a store where they're like, can we get your email address? And he's like, yes, it is Tosh plus junk, J-U-N-K, <laughs> at gmail.com. That's junk, J-U-N-K, at I, gmail.com. I got in, I, so I did the, you know, when, when we all figured out that we could buy custom domains, I got my name. I got first name, middle initial, last name, dot com. I haven't looked to see if my auto renewal on that has uh, played yeah, out. Yeah, I, I had that for a long see, time. We all, yeah. we all did at some point or another, and I got in when it was some crazy domain registrar that was just trying to poach people. Yeah. And I'm still paying like $2 a year and they support all of my subdomains. From fucking like domain trolley.biz. Infinity ago. (laughs) And it's so long that they got rolled up in some acquisition and now it's like full Google suite. Like I have like all the Google tools and everything set up and I'm still paying like $1.99 a year for it with unlimited email addresses. No one can find the spreadsheet with your pricing on it. Yes, no one, like there's just no, there's no record of it existing. And so I still, my, my admin panel and everything is in Google. And I figured out very early on that since it was being treated, somebody somewhere checked the nothing doesn't get delivered box for my email server. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And since it was just being treated as an organization email, no matter what I did, if it is at my name, whatever I put in the at field, it ends up in my box. And so I'll be in line at somewhere and they'll be like, give me your email address. And I'll be like, emails. I don't care about it. ChrisAllen.com. Yep. And it, it is, it's an amazing life hack. I still own it. Yeah, it, it renewed last month. There you go. <laughs> See, it's all it's it out there for last all of month. us. The name servers are still pointed at Linode. It's a oh, dead nice. domain. It's a dead domain, but I yeah. I can point that you wherever still got I it. want. Yeah, you still got I, it. I still got you know, it. Linode's pretty sweet these days. Like they they've stepped up quite a bit. They've got, I haven't uh, logged into my Linode account. Like three now and God, do I still pay money for that? Let's go figuring, for a, let's figuring go for a trip the, down uh, memory lane here. The long tail of all the internet services we've signed up for over the for, years we've been doing this crap uh-huh. is not a good feeling. No. No. It's bizarre. Yes. <laughs> Especially so many I can't get into anymore. Yes, 100%. 
I don't know if yeah. you guys have like 20 domains that you've bought over the years that you just oh, can't God. let go of. I got I one just can't. for my, my personal YouTube channel uh-huh. that I bought that somehow, I don't know what I was doing, but like I bought it on my personal AWS account because yep. that's where how I live my life now is yep. I have my own S3 buckets, okay? Yep, I get that. I, have it re- I registered it there and it came up for renewal and... I think I had listed, we have a domain alias or a, an email alias for just general IT at yeah, Lofty. Yeah, yeah. And I listed that as the, as like the technical contact at the registrar uh-huh. for that domain. Yep. And then I forgot oh, no. that Tyrell got, <laughs> Tyrell got promoted into a director of engineering role. And I'm sorry, Tyrell, because he's been getting so much domain spam about the oh, renewal of all of my personal domains. <laughs> because yeah. they're going to something like but not necessarily domains at hirelofty.com that yeah. i added tyrell to oh, the alias God, of that's incredible because i forgot i had done that on my personal domains because i didn't want to put my personal email on yeah it. of course but i did kind of want to go somewhere that i could get it if i wanted and i could shut it off if i wanted to shut it off yes you know and uh, yeah so sorry tyrell about the domains speaking <laughs> of personal s3 buckets accidentally <laughs> having a real life <laughs> uh, he's like i've also been spamming tyrell with backups of my only fans account <laughs> well there is definitely a portion of i'd say probably 75 percent of the faq section for the one outdoor goods retailer in North America that's still in operations uh-huh. was in my personal S3 bucket. Nice. And they brought in somebody to do an audit and they were like, what is three quarters of this section of the website pointed at someone's private S3? And I was in the room and I just, like, I had to say something. Like, I couldn't not say it. Like, it was an outside security audit. I was like, well, they couldn't get me access fast enough and we had a timeline to hit, so uh, it's in my personal S3 bucket. <laughs> Pictures of lure diagrams, mostly. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty good. It was great. That's pretty good. Yeah. I don't know that I've had a... Well, that's not true. That's not true. It's probably not worth talking about. It's not worth the risk of talking about. Regale us. But, yes. With with names and identity scrub. I do believe, as I recall, that there have been situations in which my personal accounts held the keys to keeping businesses afloat. (laughs) And I don't think that ever went sideways, but I do remember finding it. And there was like, there's been at least one occasion where I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Is this still live? Yeah. <laughs> Is this on mine? It's- and then just being like, I'm going to turn it off. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and just, un- yep. You know, it's like I'm sitting at home in my office and there's a little cord right there. And I'm just like, somewhere, yep, 2,000 miles away, I might have just unplugged someone's ventilator. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I just I unplug it and then I listen just hope for like some explosions hope, in the distance and I just go gasp. like I'll never know what happened and well, neither will they there's someone scrambling in yes. an ITB apartment oh, a thousand like, percent this has worked for 15 years why did this just stop working what the hell's going on right now and they'll, they'll never because they'll never one time we were like what's this doing over here in North California yeah, yeah. in the yeah, North just, California just region what is this an yes. EC2 instance that were yep. just like it doesn't have a name it's funny because like this is such a funny sequitur to what we were talking about earlier in the the pace of change and technology and business where for so many years and no one knew how we made anything work and they didn't care. Mm-hmm. They were just like, oh, cool. They fixed it. Yep. That's neat. The computer people fixed the thing mm-hmm. and we all moved on. And then it was some point later where it was like, oh, no, that is a terrible idea. Yep. We should not do that. Yep. It's crazy, man. I'm spinning in circles because I'm thinking through now. Yes, I'm all thinking those through of all of the terrible IT things that I've done in my past because we yep. didn't know better about governance. And, no clue. Yeah, making sure you do it right and stuff like that. I, and I, I can think of one organization in particular that is not out of anything other than we were all ignorant at the time. Yes, everybody right? was. We it didn't wasn't know even better. me. My boss was ignorant. The IT department was ignorant. Like none of us really knew. But I can think of several houses of cards right now. Yes. That are just ready to topple, and I would never do it that way again. But you know, we took more risks back then. I had a V1 iPad that I put my work email on and yep. ended up in the freaking lawyer's office for the multi billion dollar corporation I worked at. Yeah. Because it somebody found something on Discovery for a lawsuit yeah. on a server, and it was a private email server. Yeah. And it, I, I'm not literally private, private email server, but it was being accessed from a device that was not on the list. Right. And then my personal iPad became discoverable evidence in a case. Nice. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow. Like, no, this, 
this is a new thing. They're like, (laughs) now, the judge may say this has no bearing on whether or not you're guilty, but why is your director of marketing always (laughs) on a party bus? Yes. He's always on a... We found these pictures. Every time we have have thousands of pictures of him on what is apparently a company-owned device, for it has company (laughs) emails on it of just neon lights... And and party bus so just I, all the time. I got a real grumpy talking to. <laughs> and then there was a new policy in the handbook. Yeah. We used to, at one point, do some work in the legal industry. We haven't done any in a while, but we built some e-discovery software. Yep. Okay. And we did that. We helped work a case. It led to a side thread of that in which occasionally the one of our clients there would come to us for just some like one-off discovery work. Right. Of just it was like straight up. Do you know how to get into the SQLite database that these messages on uh-huh. these phone are? Yeah. In, right. And we're like, actually, as a matter of fact, now, we do that. It's not our core line now of work. You bring that up. But we did some hourly stuff on that. And oh, God, I don't ever want to be in that field. We did that like twice. And it was just like enough of just like. Here's an image of someone's phone. Go get all the pictures from the text messages. Yep. No, thank you. Alan, were you there for any of that? I was. Did you have I to was. look at any yeah. of the pictures? Even yeah, even some of the ones where you like open it up and you just want to peek. Yeah, you peek yeah, in between your picture. fingers. Yep, yep. Sure enough, because you got to verify it. Yep. Literally, what happened was we pull these images out and like it's like cool. We wrote some Python code and yep. a bunch of image files showed up in a folder with image file looking names. But like shit happens. Sometimes you write zero byte files and the mime yeah. type's wrong and it won't open. You gotta just like open one. To make sure that the pictures are pictures uh-huh. and that it's not the same picture over and over because that's yeah. the kind of shit that happens when you're coding yeah. in a loop. And and now you're paying for a PTSD counseling. I swear counseling. to God, man, like we opened, <laughs> there was like 25,000 pictures that we pulled and we just flipped through the pages, put our finger on a word, opened one picture and was like, oh, Jesus Christ. What's yep. the, what are the odds of that? Yeah. It turns, High. It turns out very good. High. It turns out very good. <laughs> very when, good when 90, actually, especially in litigation. Yes. yes. When 99% of the corpus... Uh is all the same Uh thing, Uh, the odds turn out they're very good. We were very shocked that day. I don't envy people that do that. And there's a really interesting article about the PTSD from the Microsoft team that was like they hand-reviewed all profile photos for some Microsoft service. And like the amount of counseling they had to bring in for just people that just had a career and they spent 18 months looking at profile photos going like, that's a dick, that's a turd. Yep. Oh, that's someone that got their head cut off by an insurgent. Yep. And just that for a year of their life, and it just completely broke people to death. Yeah. The algorithm of our brain is not built to process that. Mm-hmm. This is why this is a very practical use of AI. Yes. Hot dog, not hot dog. Hot dog, not a hot dog. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's for us. It, we had quite you know, a training corpus for hot dog, dog, not you, hot dog. You, yeah. We're faced with how terrible we are. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. Real, we're real bad guys. Yeah. We just looked right into the butthole of humanity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was, it was nasty. It's, it's a, it's a paywall content story for sure. But I, yeah. I, I, I took a tour of duty on that myself. Oh, yes. We might have to talk about that a little bit on the uh, Patreon content. But Absolutely. that said, it's time for us to wrap it up. I have real people coming into a real Human office beings. for a real meeting here in a minute and we gotta go do it okay it's been a friday yeah absolutely good having you even remotely good to be here he's hiding out from omicron that's right he said we have to get all the way into and i don't blame him out of the roman uh, out of the greek letters out of the greek letters i'm sorry yeah yeah yeah. i'm just waiting for him to get to just full on like hurricanes yeah it's just like just like billy just like the sabrina variant yeah right the andrew variant we start combining them where yeah. you know i'm expecting before it's all done it'll probably be like weed names just, yes we'll just, just start like yes. it's the sativa yeah i've got i've got sativa <laughs> no, it's, it's gonna be like it's gonna be like upper lung kush <laughs> <laughs> you know? like fucking like yo dude you get that air raid strain <laughs> fucking air raid tore my shit up my uncle I had, had a fucking, couple months ago. I had couch lock for 21 days. Oh, antibodies <laughs> I got now, y'all. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man. Oh, shit, man. I got fucking antibodies to fuck you up. Antibodies for days. Yeah, man. You take the antibodies out and I, I fucking I dab it a little bit, you know? <laughs> Put my dab ring. Yeah. I roll, roll around the inside of the bowl. Just, it's fine. I've got to, like, if you vape these... <laughs> 
<laughs> you gotta vape these. I put it in my oil, I got dog. Mono- I put it in my oil. These monoclonal antibodies. <laughs> I put in my vape pen. Uh, <laughs> stop it. It's fucking air raid stush. It. Right, it's sorry. autobiographical. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening to Friday Afternoon Deploy, recorded and produced by the team at Lofty Labs. If you enjoyed the show, you can subscribe to future episodes via iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. You can also follow at Friday Deploy on Facebook and Twitter for episode previews, live streams, and other behind-the-scenes peaks. Past episodes and show notes on this episode can be found at friday.hirelofty.com. That's friday.hirelofty.com. If you'd like to contact the show, or if you're local to the Northwest Arkansas area and would like to be a guest on the show, you can email us at podcast at hirelofty.com.